Well, hello and welcome to the CSF Monthly Podcast for November. Now, this month we've added four papers to the CSF website and today I'm only going to review two of those, but do have a look at the others. Uh, they're detailed on the website for you and they're just as fascinating, but we've got to make choices. Now, the first paper, therefore, I'm going to highlight this month is a systematic literature review and it's a meta-analysis evaluating the risk of serious infection and herpes zoster in people with rheumatoid arthritis receiving jacinibs. And uh, first author here is uh, Katie Beckman from King's College in London. Now, what's the key background here? Well, we have identified infection signals in the JAK inhibitor development programs right across the board. No major surprise there. It's a cytokine inhibitor class of drugs. And we, we know from biologic cytokine inhibition that there is an increased risk of infection. So the question is, what is that risk? Does it confer particular risks on given organisms? And in this respect, it's interesting that the safety profile uh, has demonstrated an emerging viral opportunistic infection, specifically the reactivation of varicella zoster leading to, uh, to, to shingles. And we don't actually know mechanistically how that happens, but we do need to know how often it happens. JAK inhibitors, for example, regulate the biology of lymphocytes, cytotoxic T cells, NK cells, and other cells that are involved in viral host defense. So perhaps that's what underpins this. It'll also be important because if we understood how that worked, we could start to understand whether the different selectivity profiles of the JAK inhibitors begin to maybe confer some safety advantage or the reciprocal being disadvantaged. Early days for that at the moment. So uh, patient exposure was calculated using data from 21 phase two and phase three randomized control trials. Remember therefore that these are people coming into clinical studies rather than real world data. Primary outcome of interest was the rate of serious infection as defined in each study as any event associated with death, admission to hospital or use of intravenous antibiotics. And secondary outcomes of interest included the rates of HZ. It was a network meta-analysis employed to allow indirect comparisons between the three jacinibs, tofacitinib, varicitinib and upadacitinib. Okay, key results. Well, the instance risk ratio of serious infection in Tofa, Varia and Upa were not significantly different to placebo, which is kind of interesting. The estimated instant risk ratio of herpes zoster infections compared placebo uh, was 1.38 for tofacitinib, 2.86 for baricitinib and 0.78 for paracitinib with a statistical heterogeneity of 0%. Across the jacinibs, the rate of uh, VZV reactivation was 3.23 per 100 patient years compared with 1.6 in uh, TNF inhibitor studies. Uh, the rate of uh, VZV reactivation in the pooled placebo group was 1.05. And this actually is in keeping with rates reported from the UK primary care database, which range from 0.35 in those under 50 to 1.25 in those over 70. So what do we draw from this? Well, overall, the absolute serious infection rates were low. Uh, although the incidence risk ratios were numerically different between the different jacinibs, I think it's way too early for us to draw serious conclusions in that regard. And I would also remind you that this is a highly selected clinical trial patient population. So we, we need to be careful by extrapolating out into the general population. 
Across the JAK inhibitors, herpes zoster incidence is higher than expected. Uh, although there's a numerically greater risk with baricitinib, I have to say that the indirect comparisons between the drugs did not demonstrate any significant difference in risk. And I really think it's way too early for us to confer an advantage or a disadvantage on any one agent over another. There's a much broader risk-benefit ratio profile that we need to uh, bring into our minds when we're thinking about the use of any one individual drug. So it's an interesting study. It adds to growing literature, but more data absolutely required. Now, the second paper I'd like to highlight is uh, a comparison of efficacy and safety of pefacitinib, 25, 50, 100, and 150 milligrams in people with rheumatoid arthritis. And first author here is Professor Lee uh, from Korea University and a hospital in Seoul in uh, Korea. This Bayesian network meta-analysis was conducted to combine direct and indirect evidence from eligible randomized controlled trials to assess the relative efficacy and safety of pefacitinib at these different doses in people with active RA. It's a literature search performed up to May 2019 using Medline, Embase and the Cochrane Controlled Trials Register. Now, three RCTs involving 948 patients met the inclusion criteria. Key findings here, well, uh, dose-dependent response was observed for ACR20 with increasing efficacy at higher doses. So that's intuitive and reassuring. Uh, ACR20 responses of pefcitinib 150 milligrams were significantly higher than placebo. Now, this was confirmed with rank probability, which indicated that pefcitinib 150 milligrams was likely to achieve the best ACR20 response rates. There were no dose-related uh, increases in any safety outcomes, but remember, this is still a relatively small cohort and, and further data obtained in Japan, obviously, are now going to be required to really evaluate and understand the safety implications. Um, interesting, though, that uh, pefacitinib 25 and 50 were ranked as likely to be the safest treatments, but of course, they were also less efficacious and always were calculating a, a risk and benefit profile for our patients. Now, the number of patients who experienced adverse events, serious adverse events and withdrawals, did not differ significantly between the five dose interventions, suggesting there is comparable safety between pefacitinib and placebo. But again, I would caution you in your interpretation of that. This clinical trial data set, clinical trial conditions, we really need to see how this drug per, uh, performs in the, in the community before we get carried away. So, key implications here. Uh, pefacitinib 50, 100, 150 milligrams were more efficacious interventions. Uh, dose dependence was observed at ACR20. Uh, the 150 milligram dose seems to be the most effective option. Um, there was no significant difference observed in the number of adverse events, serious adverse events and withdrawals due to adverse events among the five interventions. And that indicates a comparable safety profile placebo. But again, be very cautious in your interpretation of that. I think we need larger trials with pharmacovigilance really to, to, to validate these findings. And those are, of course, underway and will be uh, reported to us in due course by our, our admirable uh, Asian colleagues who are leading this program. So that's all for this month. All the content I've discussed is available in a detailed slide format in the publication section at sitekindsignaling.com. And you can look at that at your convenience. I particularly commend the slides to you. They're a fantastic resource, clear, redrawn. Uh, they're a great facility for you for personal use, for teaching and all that they, uh, that they might be, uh, be useful to you for. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast either on our website, SoundCloud, YouTube or Apple Podcasts. 
Let us know what you think. Please leave a review. And thanks ever so much for listening.